Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Opening Tea Podcast. Definitely a little bit of different pace for this one as last week we had the U.S. Open and had all of the best players in the world competing and what a week it was. But now we shift over to the Corrales Punta Cana Championship, which actually because the Ryder Cup was canceled is now a full FedEx point event, but still the field is rather weak, which no surprise, it's in a different country the week after a major, so not many golfers that were playing the U.S. Open are hopping on the charter down to the Dominican this week, but we still have a good amount of players in the field that are of interest, especially one that uh, just came in the top 10 last week at the U.S. Open, Will Zalatoris. And if this is your first time coming into the Opening Tee Podcast, welcome and thank you for joining and listening on part of the Osmo Golf Podcast weekly series, the first of three short-form podcasts that try and break down all the important information in just under an hour, released on three different days for your consumption purposes, or at least that's the way I hope so. Um, Now, if this is your first time joining, I go into my foursome of facts for the first week, and he was... Will Zalatoris was going to be one of those foursome facts. So let's start off with him and mentioned he is playing on the Corn Ferry Tour. We mentioned him quite a bit last week. He's had now 12 straight top 20s. He's ranked 76th in the world, but yet he's playing on the Corn Ferry Tour. He can't even play on the PGA Tour, but this week he is. He had a sponsor's invite here to the Punta Cana Championship, but because of his top 10 at the U.S. Open, he gets that for free. He gets to save his sponsor exemption, so... He'll have another five or so, somewhere in that range. So very interesting. That's my first one. The second fact is Bryson DeChambeau, man. I think he may go mainstream now, and I think it's a great thing for golf. He's going to bring, I've said it from the very beginning with him, he brings eyeballs to the game. And with this win, he's going to be on all the talk shows and all that. It's just going to bring so much more. And I mean, I've always liked Bryson. I like the way he does it. Plus... The fact that he's got a, a pretty big rivalry with Brooks Kepka, I'm all in on that, as you guys know, or most of you know, if you've been listening to me for a while, I'm not a fan of Kepka. Second one, Wolf, two of two, top ten in majors, pretty impressive there. But what's even more impressive, you ready for this? There were 13 golfers in the top ten this week. Eleven of them were United States. Eleven of 13. Only Roy McIlroy and Louis Oosthuizen representing the international crowd. Man, that is just uh, rather, I guess, I I would say to a degree, embarrassing uh, for the European contingent. Doesn't look good for them going into the Ryder Cup, but of course the Ryder Cup is a whole new ballgame that will be played next year, of course. 
The last one I'm going to talk about is the South Africans reigning supreme in Portugal. If you follow along on the European tour, Garrick Higo. I think I'm pronouncing that correct. The 21-year-old shot seven under to win. George Coetzee, though, who just was a winner previous week, another top five for him coming in third. A really good stretch of golf he's on right now. Okay, let's go on and head into our statistical review, which, of course, if you want all of this information, all of the strokes gain stuff that I'm about to talk about, I put it as part of my PGA DFS model each and every week for my Osmo Plus members. And if you're not an Osmo Plus member, great time to join. $8.95 for this week. This month, it's going to take you up through most of the fall swing, which is going to be a lot of players you probably don't know all that well getting uh, to play here. So a great time to join and utilize the research that we have, including our top golfers tool, which had no one other than Will Zalatoris as the number one play from last week. So certainly come out and take a look at that. Okay, let's go into our statistical review. And in this, if, again, if this is your first time joining, what I do in this uh, is compare the age-old statistics to the new age of strokes gained and see what we can find in similarities. Strokes gained off the tee last week, Roy McIlroy, number one. Bryson, number two. Bubba Watson, number three. Taylor Prendrith, number four. John Rahm, five. Hideki Matsuyama, six. Kobrak, seven. Westwood, eight. Wolf, Peters, and Zalatoris were nine, ten, and eleven there. We go to driving distance. Dustin Johnson, Matt Wolf, Taylor Pendrith, John Rahm, Joaquin Neiman, Roy McElroy, Bryson DeChambeau, Paul Casey, and Tony Finau. So I would say a pretty good crossover. Pretty much most of the strokes gained off the tee this week were from the distance. As Brendan Todd, Sung J.M., yeah, Roy McElroy showed up. Victor Hovland, Lucas Glover, Hiteka Matsuyama, Tyler Duncan, Harris English, Lee Westwood, Adam Long, Paul Casey, Robert Cabrera Bello in driving accuracy. So Roy McIlroy was in in both. I'm very surprised that he played as bad as he did, hitting as many fairways as he did and hitting the ball as long and as far as he does. Very disappointing to see him have the finish that he did. Um, he showed up on both, and he was the only one. Uh, Matsuyama was the other one, sorry. Matsuyama and McIlroy, the only one on driving accuracy to show up on strokes gain off the tee as distance is certainly reigning supreme. If we go over to our strokes gained on the approach, Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, Tony Finau, Matt Wolf, Hideki Matsuyama, Tyler Duncan, Will Zalatoris, Patrick Reed, Bubba Watson, Sanjay M, Eric Van Rien, Thomas Peters, and Paul Casey round it out. And let's go on and check the GIR, which is led by Sanjay M. Another one I guess I'm surprised that he hit the most greens out of anybody in the week and known as one of the better putters on tour. Still did not find himself into the top 10. I would have thought that was a guaranteed. If you were to told me, hey, Sanjay M's going to lead the field in greens in regulation this week, I would have almost uh, guaranteed him to be in the top 10 or 15. He finished just outside of that. Bubba Watson, Roy McIlroy again. McIlroy, greens in regulation, led in driving distance, up there in strokes, gain off the tee, and didn't even get a top 5 finish out of it. Brutal. Bryson DeChambeau. Thomas Peters, Matt Walsh, Lucas Glover, Matt Wolf, Louis Ustazen, Tony Finau, and Ricky Fowler on the greens and regulation. So a decent, decent crossover there, as there typically is between strokes gain approach and greens and regulation. Last one we're going to do is, of course, the putts per GIR and strokes gained putting. Typically, there is a very big correlation between the two. Patrick Reed was number one. 
Harris English 2, Webb Simpson 3, Zach Johnson 4, Adam Long 5, Lucas Herbert, Renato Paratori, Justin Thomas, Taylor Pendrith, and Cameron Smith. All round out of the top 10. And when we go to Strokes Game Putting, Zach Johnson, so there's a crossover check. Rafa Cabrera Bello, no check there. Interesting. Webb Simpson to check. Joaquin Neiman, how about that? Joaquin Neiman came in fifth this week for Strokes Game Putting. Lucas Glover, holy moly, what a week. Barely ever see those guys up there. Then, of course, Alex Norin, Brendan Todd, Jason Kograk, Louis Oosthuizen, Charles Howell, Xander Shoffley, and Daniel Berger. So not as much crossover there as we're used to seeing, but that's the way it goes. Okay, now we're going to go into our Make the Cut, or cut, I shouldn't say Make the Cut, our Cut Sweat segment. It's a great one. I just This is kind of just some filler content, maybe not too much you can take out of it, but... Um, I guess a little bit. I, I go into something a, a little bit about strokes gained putting if a player missed the cut directly due to his putting. Like this week, Byung-Hyun An, who, again, the cut was plus six. Byung-Hyun An was plus seven and lost four strokes putting. John Augustine, Matthew Fitzpatrick. The putting run for Fitzpatrick ended. He shot plus seven and lost 2.8 strokes putting over the two rounds. It was really only two guys to actually really miss the cut due to their putting. Maybe you could make a case for Keegan Bradley, but not really. Maybe Tommy Fleetwood as well, but again, not really. Very, very close. Um, regardless, anyways, let's go into our cut sweat segment. Let's first start off with the maid segment. Abraham Answer needed to play the last four under par and did so, making a six-foot slider on 18. Next, Shane Lowry. He needed to play the last three holes at two under including birdieing eight and nine. So really, the last two holes at two under, and he did so. Patrick Cantlay, he needed to play the last four holes at three over or better, and guess what? He doubled 18 to make it on the number. Crazy. Didn't play that great over the weekend either. Now getting into some good putts made. Bobby McIntyre needed a 23-footer to make the cut and got it. Picked up a decent paycheck. Brian Harmon, he needed to make a 10-footer. Lucas Herbert needed to make a four-footer. Roy Ishikawa needed to make a 14-footer. Christian Poseidon-Hoot need to make an 11-footer. Paul Casey, he needed to just shoot even par, including a birdie on nine, a six-footer, and did so. So a uh, pretty good pull-off from Paul Casey, and Casey ended up inside the top 25 after a good weekend. Now we switch over to the miss side, and there's some brutal ones. Maybe none more brutal than this first one, Matthew Fitzpatrick. He needed to play the back nine and one under, and after a hole out on 15 for Eagle, he got to that number, but... He three-putted 18 from 28 feet to miss the, clut and miss the cut, including a six-footer. Brutal. Hanan, he missed a 12-footer to make it. Takumi Kanaya, he needed par on 18 or a 37 on the back. He couldn't do either. Joel Damon, he needed to play the last five holes at two under. He made three birdies, but two bogeys as well, missed by one. Martin Keimer, he needed to play the back in 38 and couldn't, including a missed 15-footer for par on 18. How about Davis Thompson? Oof, this was probably one of the brutalist, uh, brutalist, worst missed cuts out there. He missed an 11-footer after shooting under par in round one to miss the cut. Just a tough showing for the young Georgia Bulldog. Colin Morikawa, how about this? He couldn't birdie the ninth easiest hole after being in the middle of the fairway. He left a 12-footer about an inch short. Brutal. Corey Connors, he missed a 12-footer, who I expect to be one of the favorites this week, believe it or not. And then Kurt Kitayama, he couldn't birdie 18 to make the cut after an opening round, even par 70. So, tough one there for Kurt Kitayama. Okay, so that is it for the U.S. Open. It really was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. 
uh, it, from the people that are uh, closest to me that love watching golf as well, they even said that it was one of the hardest courses they had watched uh, in quite some time, but maybe not quite as hard as Shinnecock Hills was a couple of years ago. However, I would have loved to see this Bryson come try and compete at that golf course. Maybe we will get that in a couple of years. So, All right, let's move on to this week, the Corrales Punta Cana Championship. And typically, I would have uh, the golf contest, or at least a preview of how much money you could possibly win by playing DFS Golf this week on DraftKings, but they haven't posted the contest quite yet. I'm not sure why. Whatever the reason may be to it. Uh, however, I could expect, you know, we've been getting 200,000, 100, I could expect at least six figures. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Maybe at the very worst, we'll get a 50K to first, uh, 150K guaranteed for the $5, something like that. But still, nonetheless, we don't have any of that information right now. What we do have the information on is that we're playing Corrales Putacana Golf and Resort Country Club. Uh, this is a par, 72, 7,600 yards. It's a Tom Fazio designed. We're going to get top 65 and ties 144 golfers heading down there this week. They're going to get to play a golf course that has seen a minus 18 winner a couple of times now. Uh, with a, it's, uh, that being a par 72, we get an average score of about three quarters of a stroke under par. I'm sorry, not three quarters of a stroke, maybe a little bit easier than that. I think it's going to give you the exact one here. Average score is 71.074, so minus 926 under par. Ranked 30 out of 47 easiest, so you know one of the top 20 easiest courses in 2019. Uh, when we played at this course, obviously, uh, this was one of the events that got moved to this part of the schedule because of COVID-19, so it didn't actually happen last year. So Graham McDowell is defending champion Bryce Garnett the year before. So that's very interesting that those two guys are the two winners. As we look at off the tee, or approach around the green and on the green, some facts and figures from this Tom Fazio design Bermuda Championship course. As far as off the tee goes, from some of the toughest fairways to hit at Wingfoot that we've had all year to some of the easiest as just over 70% of the fairways will be hit. Ranked 5th easiest on the 2019-20 uh, season. How do they do it? Uh, well, it's 12 par 4s, 433. I'm sorry, uh, 10 par 4s and 4 par 3s, 4 par 5s. The par 4s go 433, 410, 465, 387, 399, 496, 446, 421, 461, and 405. So we got 2 under 400. And we got four par fives, five, six, five, five, one, five, six, two, three, six, two, six. A little longer on those back ones. And then the four par threes, 239, 204, 265, and 214. In terms of your approach to the green, once you're in the fairway 70% of the time, higher than normal fairway percentage hit obviously is going to mean higher green in regulation. Just about two-thirds of the time the greens were hit in regulation. That ranked 20th out of 47 on the PGA Tour. If you did miss the green, or of the 34% of the time that you did, the golfer would get up and down just about 60% of the time, which is about 16th out of 47 easiest, so maybe one of the harder ones, or I guess harder on average. And then once on the greens, they are also a bit trickier than average. They, uh, they're they at 1.60 putts per GAR, ranking it 17th hardest on Okay, let's head into a few statistical notes here uh, uh, before, actually, yes, a few statistical notes I have here. Because it's a longer course, par 72, 7,600 yards, I know that Bryce Garnett and Graham McDowell have been the winners. 
But we've also seen some bombers also do well here. Keith Mitchell, uh, most notably. Uh, so I would say driving distance plus greens and regulation. The Bryce Garnett and Gray McDowell both had that very much in common that their greens and regulation were over 70% on both of them. And their driving accuracy was also over 70% on both of them. Now, seeing how the averages that I just told you were right on those numbers, I guess that's not too much of a surprise. But let's also learn who is going to be in this field this week, as I do, as we're back to an event where it's uh, maybe a little bit different in terms of who gets status here. So let's dig into that. First, a couple few that obviously most people know about, which would be the toning winners and uh, of the past two seasons. Of course, the winner of the Open Championship uh, which is Henrik Stenson in this case, is still, I think you get a five-year exemption for any major one. He might be the only major winner in the field. Then we got a career money uh, list, Bovan Pelt. And then the Corn Ferry, this starts to sponsor exemptions. This comes out of the Corn Ferry Tour graduate category from the 2018-19 season. That includes Mateusz Schwab and Brendan DeJong. Next comes some of the sponsors' exemptions, which a couple of these guys... Um, uh, you may never have heard of before, so I'll try to give you a little bit about them. The first one we have is Isadro Benitez. I'm probably going to mess a few of these up, so I'm not going to lie to you. He's a 21-year-old or 22-year-old from Mexico. He did compete in uh, the Open a couple of years ago uh, and has been competing on the local IQ series, but nothing too great. Uh, Thomas Dietrich is number one. Sam Horsfield was going to be another one, but he got COVID, so he can't play. The next one we saw is the 18-year-old star, or maybe not quite star yet, from South Korea, Jo Hyung Kim. Excuse me, he will get another start. Kurt Kitayama also in the field. Then a couple of local Dominican Republic guys, Alex Pomerol and uh, Harry Sifla, I believe is the names. And then uh, two guys, uh, or uh, three guys maybe, that are in play. Alex Smalley, a Duke grad that got status on the IQ Tour, IQ Series Tour. He has three top tens there in those, so pretty good. Justin Sue also been computing, competing in that IQ Series. He has three top tens in the 33rd in four events. Also came in a tied 21st at the Barracuda, so look out for Justin Sue this week. Will Zalatoris was supposed to get a sponsor exemption, but now doesn't need it after the top 10 at the U.S. Open. Roberto Diaz, another one. A couple of other guys um, that I don't uh, have never heard of before, probably local guys. Julian Guerrera, uh, uh, Olivaros, and Santos. So three guys there. Uh, we'll have to do a little bit of digging uh, to see who exactly these guys are. Okay, uh, then we get the PGA Player of the Year, Ben Cook, from the area. Uh, and then open qualifying, there's four of them. Graboyos, Gavin Hall, Katrude, and O'Shrine. So actually four guys, again, that I haven't really heard much of that I'll have to do some digging into this week. Then we've got the Top 125 non-member. Of course, we have the Top 125 FedEx Cup from last year. Of course, anybody that wants to play. Top 125 non-member is the next category. That's William Gordon. Major medical is going to be Kevin Chappell, Chris Kirk, Graham Dillette, James Hahn, Sean O'Hare, Jamie Lovemark, Grayson Murray, Hudson Swafford, Kelly Craft, and D.A. Points. So uh, D.A. Points, he won one of these alternate fields events a couple of years ago. So interesting name there. Then we get top 10 in ties from the previous event. There's three of them. So interesting. Three golfers that didn't have status in this event are getting in. J.J. Spawn, Christopher Ventura, and Ak. Shay Batia, interesting name there, the 19-year-old uh, f possibly future star in the PGA Tour. We'll certainly find out. 
Next, top 125 from the FedEx Cup from 2019. Remember, we had that weird year last year in COVID, so uh, a lot. This category will get into plenty of events this year. Golfers like Fabian Gomez, Brunson Bragoon, Chase Seifert, Kyle Stanley, even Peter Melnati, Rob Oppenheim, Johnny Vegas, a couple of those type of players. They did not get into the top 125 last year, but because of the weird season, they didn't have that many starts, etc. They'll still get plenty of looks this year, as might the 126 to 150 category, at least in the beginning. Josh Teeter, Seamus Power, Peter Uline, Zach Sucher getting into this week's field, as is the beyond 150th category, like golfers like Alex Jekka, Sang Moon Bay, and Tommy Ganey. So certainly an interesting field this week to break down. We'll go over a couple of the other sponsors' exemptions that might come out and field changes over the next couple of days. Now, let's go into our salary guesses, which is something I try and do each and every week, as long as we don't already have the salaries, of course, which most of the time we don't. This week, I'm going to go with Henrik Stenson. I mean, he's obviously here because maybe Graham McDowell told him how fun it was uh, and how nice of a course it is. I don't know, but I know that they're friends and they go a long ways back, so... Stenson is here. I suspect that he'll come in as the odds favorite, seeing how McDowell did win it last year. Um, I suspect that they won't mess around. Stenson will come in at 11,000. Got Mackenzie Hughes, the Canadian who just missed the cut at the U.S. Open, but had been playing some pretty great golf before that. Also has a really good finish here at this course, 10.6K. The aforementioned Zalatoris. I mean, maybe not just the aforementioned. I've mentioned him quite a bit. I got him coming in at 10.4K. I don't know that they're ready to just throw him in as the odds-on favorite either, so I suspect he'll probably come in below those two guys. Then I got Corey Connors, who's in the field, just missing the cut this past week. 10K, of course, driving accuracy and driving uh, and greens and regulation. I mean, this guy re- led the PGA Tour in greens and regulation, so Corey Connors should be in play this week. Emiliano Grillo, also in the field and playing good golf. I have him at 9.7K. Lucas, 9.2K. And Keith Mitchell, also a really good finish here, either last year or the year before, coming in at 9K. So that gets you started for this week, the Corrales Punta Cana Championship. Like I said, normally I'd be able to tell you, hey, listen, you know, I know it's the Corrales Punta Cana Championship, but we're playing for X. However, sadly, oh, I I lied to you as I'm doing this in the end of it. I mean, I'm doing this at just about 10 o'clock, and I'm going to tell you that we're still playing for $200,000 this week. The PGA Tour, the (laughs) DraftKings has put out something called the PGA Tour 600K Beach Vacation. I don't know what's all that about, but they've also got a mega snowman contest posted, 100K for the $888 buy-in, which probably means we're going to get a 50K to first for the $200. Not posted yet, but that's just my guess at least. Uh, and uh, probably a 25K for the $100. So until next time, everybody, we'll have the Fit in the Form podcast coming up tomorrow afternoon once we get salaries and all that fun stuff. And then, of course, a full slate of content. We are not going to stop. Actually, we're not going to stop for quite a while. We've got, of course, the Corrala Punta Cana Championship, which, like I said, we're playing for $200,000. So not half bad um, to be playing for what would be considered a week off or a week field, which, you know, we'll take that, of course. We've got the Sanderson Farms Championship, followed by the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open. Then... We've got two really fun events, and why I say fun is because it's at two new courses, two very well-known courses in the United States. The CJ Cup at Shadow Creek should be a fun one out in Las Vegas. All the best in the world will be there to compete. So 
I should say, three weeks of fields similar to this, where we'll maybe have one or two stars if we are lucky. Then the rest of the players after this two-week break, or maybe three-week break, I'm sure we'll get Patrick Cantlay and a few of other good players out in the Shriners. So it's really a two-week swing out in Las Vegas for the Shriners and the CJ Cup. Then the Zozo Championship is being has been moved to Sherwood Country Club. Uh, that, of course, Tiger Woods knows quite well. That will be followed by the Bermuda Championship. Again, the Bermuda Championship, very similar to this. Used to be an alternate field event, but because of the WGC, HSBC Championship, and the Ryder Cup getting canceled, those two are now full field events. Then, after that, we get the Houston Open, which is funny because it resumes its place as the tournament right before the Masters, as we get the Masters on November 12th. No week off for golfers uh, that are competing in the Masters and need some FedEx Cup points as the RSM Classic right out, uh, right across, actually, right across the road, right, just right through the state, uh, maybe a couple of hours over to Sea Island Resort in Seaside in Georgia, a beautiful resort there for the RSM Classic. That will then do it uh, for a couple of weeks when the Hero World Challenge and Mayakoba Golf Classic, so the top maybe 14 golfers in the world will be playing the Hero World Challenge, while the other golfers in the PGA Tour will be playing the Mayakoba Golf Classic. Then it is actually a almost month break between the Mayakoba Golf Classic and the Century Tournament of Championship, so maybe a couple of weeks off there, but after that, we've got Century Tournament of Champions coming up on January 7th. And then we go right through all the way until the Tour Championship on September 2nd. So basically just that three-week break um, from September. Uh, I'm not. I'm sorry, not from September. From the Mayakoba to Century Tournament Championship. It's about a four-week break there. And then we go straight through until September 2nd of next year. So three weeks off for me for the next year uh, as we have a ton of golf coming up. I guess the super season, but in reality, it's not really a super season. The PGA Tour almost operates every single week of the year with their wraparound season. Uh, so uh, maybe not as much as some people thought, but still, it seems like a ton of golf. So this time, uh, I will say goodbye to everybody. I thank you all for coming to the Opening Tee Podcast for the Corrales Punta Championship. I will see you on the aside for the Fit in the Forum coming out tomorrow afternoon. And of course, I will finish out the Osmo Golf Weekly Podcast Series with the Against the Grain on Wednesday morning. So, till now, till next time, everybody, we will see you on the other side. Cheers. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.